focus has to be to play this year, whether it's June training camp, whether it's July training camp, whether it's a short training camp in August. So you start on Labor Day and you have a shortened season. You have to play this year. Because out of sight means out of mind, and then people forget you quickly, especially your sponsors. That was Larry Smith on the Montreal Forum with Tony Marinaro yesterday, breaking down the uh, CFL scene on TSN 690. I'm Joey Alfieri. It's Saturday Sports with you till 1 o'clock. Matthew O'Hayan is tagged in for Jimmy G, and uh, it's a pleasure to welcome to the show as we talk a little CFL, maybe a little CFL-XFL merger with my best friend in the entire world, Mr. Herb Zerkowski, the Hall of Fame reporter from the Montreal Gazette. Herb, how's it going? <laughs> my God, I think I need a heart massage after that introduction. <laughs> I was going to say, have you lost my number? Where have you been? No, I, I just I want to jump right into it because I know you bill by the second, uh, so I, I can't afford. I mean, th- this is a budget buster. I've been saving up for weeks uh, to get you on, uh, but no, how's how you doing? Everybody good? I'm hanging in, Joey. Good. How about yourself? Good. Yeah, good, good. I'm uh, I'm really getting a kick out of listening to you on the uh, Montreal Canadian Zoom calls. You finally bring some life to those things. Uh, well, so thank that's you. Been, uh, thank that's you. Been fun. I, I do my best to, to get my licks in, shall we say. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, okay, how about your reaction to what Larry Smith said there? They absolutely need to play. I agree with him. I touched on it on the top of the show. I think if the CFL wants any hope of merging and maximizing revenues with the XFL down the line. I think you need to have some type of league to begin with, no? Well, I've been saying that for months, and I'm sure that the Gazette's former publisher probably heard me say it, so he piggybacked on what I said. No, absolutely correct. Uh, I mean, it was devastating last year on so many fronts, uh, uh, even from a personal standpoint, not having a football team to cover. And and they absolutely, the CFL absolutely cannot, it will be its death knell if it doesn't play uh, this season. It has to find a way to play, and it means everyone's going to have to sacrifice. Look, the players already have sacrificed uh, in terms of, of contracts and, and missing pay last season. Uh, the owners are going to be obviously the big losers in all this, I'm afraid, because it is a gate-driven league, as you know. Uh, but they have to play, and, and uh, whether it's in June, July, look, I don't, I don't see any way. They're supposed to go to training camp in, in about five weeks. I don't see how that's going to happen. No chance. Uh, and, and what's ridiculous is that you just hear nothing from the league. Um, not even we're working on it, we're trying to find so little, nothing. It's just absolute silence from Toronto. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Even with the the whole XFL thing, okay, I get it, Herb. Like, I know how the business works. I haven't been around as long as you have, but I know that sometimes, you know, leagues or teams will drop nuggets of information or they'll leak something out there just to get the public's reaction. So I get what they're doing with the CFL XFL thing, but now we're going on. I guess it's over a month since this has come out, and you're just leaving everybody fans media to speculate like there's no details here and i get it nothing's finalized but you continue to leave people in the dark and it just it boggles my mind it drives me crazy like i've said it once i'll, I'll keep saying it I, I really thought things would be different with with uh, this commissioner he's a former player uh, he's a business guy uh, and and look I know I'm always, I'm always, it seems, uh, dumping on Randy Ambrosi. And, and I do realize that Randy Ambrosi works for the governors. 
But, uh, you know, the governors do not speak. It is up to Randy Ambrosi to say something. And, and, and I mean, we're April already. He's got to say something. Um, and, and, and something more than, you know, we're going to play this season. I heard that a hundred times last season. We're going to play. We're going to play. I'm tired of that. Come up with some kind of a formula. Come up with some kind of a solution. Um, uh, people are getting vaccinated. Uh, they don't want to play with no fans. Obviously not. But but uh, tell us something. Give us give us some kind of information that that there's going to be a season. That there's going to be a camp. The players are are are, are you you follow social media closer than I do. I mean, the players are going absolutely ballistic about this, yeah. not knowing what's happening. Yeah. He's Herb Zerkowski of the Montreal Gazette, kind enough to join us on Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Uh, I thought there was a pretty telling tweet, Herb. Uh, I mean, uh, Vernon Adams Jr. came out yep. yesterday and said that uh, it boggles his mind that uh, you have Scott Milanovic, who didn't even coach a game mm-hmm, in Edmonton mm-hmm. last year, made $500,000 and then bounced uh, to become the quarterback's coach in Indianapolis. And here we are. The players haven't collected game checks since mm-hmm. November of 2019. I mean, it, yeah. it is crazy. And, you know, I think the unfortunate thing is that the, the board of governors and the governors of the CFL, they know that whatever they want, all they have to do is just hang tight and wait because the the Players Association is never going to be unified because they need those game checks. They're not making millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So in mm-hmm. the end, I think they're going to get whatever they want because they can. Yes, I'm afraid so, and, and of course, so many of them have, have uh, restructured their deals already, have taken pay cuts, Vernon Adams uh, being the perfect example of that, and, and yet now they're going to have to take even more pay cuts. And But you're right, unless uh, unless a player has a bonus uh, written into his contract, and, and there's going to be fewer and far, uh, far, far more in between of those, uh, moving forward, I mean, these guys have not collected uh, a penny other than uh, other than government funding uh, or unemployment uh, throughout all this. Uh, the owners, excuse me, the, the the coaches, the GMs, the presidents, uh, they have continued to to receive uh, their pay, um, albeit twenty percent less, twenty five percent less, but they've continued. Uh, to be paid and and yeah like you said now it seems like the players are going to have to take further uh, pay cuts 20% and and yeah i mean i guess uh, a little bit is better than nothing but but uh, this is such a violent vicious game and and that you're seeing now like more and more of them are saying enough like we're going to retire uh, jean gabriel poulain a special teams guy played what one year uh, they're just fed up. They're they're moving on with the rest of their lives uh, because they have to have uh, money coming in. Um, it's really, I mean, as a guy that that's covered this team since 1997, it's distressing. It's it's discouraging. It's disappointing to see just how this has evolved and what has become of this league. And yes, look, Randy Ambrosi, it's not his fault that, that, that we have this worldwide pandemic, but, but even my wife just said this morning, every other league is played. Every, every other league is playing. I mean, what is wrong with the CFL? And that's what more and more people are saying. 
Yeah. And to your point, somebody texted in at 11.690 earlier in the show and said, wow, Carey Price's salary is double the Al's salary cap. Yeah, that just I think that puts it into perspective of what these guys put their bodies through uh, in order to, to entertain us and in order to have a league and in order to make a living. It's it's crazy. I, I don't know, you know how much more the, the league can squeeze out of these players, but I'm actually starting to feel really bad for the players. Uh, okay, big picture, long term, uh, just your overall thoughts on the CFL, XFL thing. Do you think it's going to happen, and what are your impressions of this overall? You know what I find? I find that, that uh, guys in, in younger guys like you are, are very gung-ho about this, and, and guys in my age bracket who have grown up with the CFL are, are more uncomfortable with it. Um, I'm very uncomfortable with it, by the way. Okay, okay. Well, you're, you're probably the exception. I'm in the minority, to, yeah. Yeah, in, in terms of guys who are in their, uh, in their 30s or so. Um, is the XFL in a position to, to, to financially compensate the CFL? Absolutely, absolutely. The, the ex- Dwayne Johnson um, has, and, and his partners have deep, deep pockets. But at what price is that going to, is that going to be? Um, is it going to be a full-fledged merger? Well, this, if it's so, that's probably the end of three-down football. It's certainly the end. You're never going to see another Canadian player. Uh, what are you going to do? Have, have Americans on the XFL roster but allow Canadians uh, on the CFL roster? That makes no sense. What are you going to do with the field? How are the rules going to work? Are you going to play in the spring? Are you going to play later on in the, in the year like the CFL does? Um, I mean, what is the XFL right now? It is a league on paper. It played a handful of games uh, a year or two ago. Had to stop because of COVID. Uh, you have pl- you have coaches such as Mark Tressman and June Jones who were in the CFL who were never paid the remainder of their salaries. Um, the last time I spoke to Tressman, I said, "Are you coaching this team?" He said, "I don't know. Are you going to get the rest <laughs> of your money? I don't know." Um, so, so I mean, what is the XFL? Uh, People who who say that the CFL is dying, I don't believe that either. Is the CFL in trouble? Yes, but but you go throughout the league. You know, there's obviously there's a major issue in Toronto. There's a problem in Vancouver, but Montreal continues to sell tickets. Hamilton, Ottawa, go you know go throughout Canada. Uh, they have to find a way, obviously, to to connect with the younger fans, with the future fans, because the older guys like me that you see uh, a lot of in the stadium. We're we're not getting any younger, but I I do see young people in the stadiums, and I do find that the CFL product is more entertaining than the NFL product. I'm not saying the players are better. I just find the product more entertaining. Um, Herb, you and I like both. This is what I was saying at the beginning of the show, is that I'm not a CFL-only guy, and neither are you, but I I like both. And I think I think the CFL product is more entertaining than the NFL product. And I think the worst thing that can happen, and Herb, I'm willing to compromise on certain things. They want to play games in the spring. I'm willing to compromise. But I think the worst thing that the CFL owners can do is come together and decide to change a lot of their rules to become NFL junior. 
Mm-hmm. If you said it, oh, no. the players are not better. The players are not better in the CFL. That's not what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. if you just go to more and more quote unquote NFL rules with inferior players, I think you really have that minor league feel and you're not attracting anybody, not young, not old, if you go to that. A guy in the CFL, a management guy in the CFL, suggested to me that people in Montreal would rather see you know, what would we what would they rather see? The Alouettes play Saskatchewan or the Alouettes play Boston or New York or Seattle, and I said to this executive, wait a minute, wait a minute, we're not talking about the New England Patriots or the New York Giants or Jets or Seattle Seahawks. We're not going to see Russell Wilson in here. We're going to see a big city team with American players, the majority of which nobody has heard of. Um, So I'm not totally convinced that, that that they're just going to show up because they're, they're playing a quote-unquote American city with players they don't know. Um, there's just so many things, like you said, that, that make me uncomfortable. And yes, I, I, I can see some compromises happening. And there's no doubt if, if they're going to uh, financially uh, help out the CFL, they might have to. But, but at what price? Are you going to sell your soul to the devil? That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm angry now. You see, you you've riled me up. I have a I want, habit of doing that. I can do that yeah, to people. You do. Okay, I want to leave on a on a lighter note. So I'm gonna play a piece of audio for you, and I want you to put it into context for me. Is that okay? <laughs> yes. Ma- Matthew O'Han, go ahead. Well, first and foremost, the first question is inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> That was the greatest of ter- the some of Terry Henry's greatest hits. I think that you're on the e- receiving end of most of them. Uh, what was that question about? Do you remember? Uh, I, I do remember. I remember it was a, it was a, obviously a video conference call after they had lost. Uh, they either were shut out or or scored a goal or something, uh, and and they had chances and could not bury their chances. And I said to him, "Do you wish that?" Some of your players uh, had some of your finishing touch around the <laughs> net. And uh, look, in the heat of the moment, I can understand why he reacted the way he did. He's frustrated after a game, but but uh, you know me. I mean, I ask the questions uh, on occasion that other journalists will not. And uh, I, I certainly don't regret the question. I didn't take his response personally. No, uh, you know we all did one on ones with him later in the season, and and he was very gracious with me. Uh, and, and my only regret uh, is that you know, other than his opening press conference when they introduced him, I mean, none of us really had a chance to, to get to meet him or to get to know him or yeah. to have him put a face to us. And 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 now he's gone, uh, never to return. Unfortunately, or most likely never to return. And and. That's the unfortunate thing uh, throughout all this is that, uh, you know, those relationships, the, the, the trust issue that you develop with the players and, and the coaches, uh, that's all been lost because of this. Yeah. We're all now just faces or names on a screen. Yeah, well, that's uh, one of the reasons why you are the, uh, you, what Anthony Calvillo was to the Canadian Football League, that's what you are to Zoom. That's really, and I, I mean that sincerely. Thanks I thought for you were going to say Herb. that's what I am to the CFL. No, no, that's no. You're in the Hall of Fame, or well, I mean, you're both in the Hall of Fame. So I mean, you guys are on equal footing when it comes to the, your impact you've made on the game. But I'm saying that, that you're you're to zoom what Calvio was to the CFL. 
Thanks, I Herb. Do, uh, you know, we have a job to do. You do, and you do it very well, and I've told I you that many times. appreciate that. Thank you, Joey. Have, Thanks have for a good rest me. of the Saturday. You too. Bye-bye. That's Herb Zerkowski of the Montreal Gazette Hall of Fame, Canadian Football Hall of Fame reporter, uh, kind enough to join us. And, uh, yeah, I might be in the minority when it comes to the way I look at uh, this potential CFL-XFL merger because uh, I agree with Herb. I think the majority of the people – I'm 31. Uh, I'm not a man. I'm not 40. You like that one, O'Han? That no? was okay. awful. Awful. That was terrible? Okay. Yeah. I, I wish like I had a booing reference. sound effect. Okay. Uh, but I do think that the majority of people – and, Matt, I, I, I can bring you in for this. I mean, you, you did some work uh, for the Canadian Football League and for the Owls, and I think that you and I, in terms of being CFL fans in our age bracket, you're a little younger than I am, but we are in the minority. But I very much understand that – uh, the CFL doesn't resonate with a lot of the people in our age bracket. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I don't think that adding the rock or adding teams in New York or Boston, like Herb said, necessarily goes after younger people or even making it a four down league. I don't think that that attracts younger people. So, I, I really don't. I think you need to have, whether it's the CFL alone or whether it's a CFL-XFL merger, you better have a really good plan to go out and get young people because I don't have the plan. I don't know. It's not my job to come up with it, but I don't have any idea on how to do that. Well, that's it. And and I'm on the same page as you I because uh, I saw, I think it was either last night or two nights ago that you tweeted that you that becoming NFL junior is a terrible idea, and I'm right Bad. there with you. We saw with the XFL what a four-down product with inferior talent is it's awful it was it was really not good to watch so i i think the the model is perfect it's what you say is right it doesn't resonate with people our age i'm like very much in the minority i think i could count on one hand how many friends i have that that watch the cfl same and it's it's a shame because it's a great product, like Herb said, and I'm and I always lobby for it. I'll always say to my friends, "Hey, it's Saturday. Why don't you watch the CFL game, or why don't we watch the CFL game?" And they're like, "Oh, I got better things to do than watch that." Well, it's f- football is football. If you're a football fan, you watch the CFL. You know, there's a difference between being a an NFL fan and a football fan, and I, I personally, I think the CFL provides great, great entertainment, and it's it's a shame that more people don't watch it because the the thing is, is that they compare it to the NFL when it's a completely different game. You can't compare the two. There are so many players. This is what drives me crazy. And again, I just I want to be clear. I am not saying that the players in the CFL are better than the players in the NFL. I'm not saying that, okay? That's, so don't get it twisted. But there are a lot of players who spent time in the NFL who came to Canada and could not hack it here. They could not hack it with these rules. They didn't even get out of training camp. Okay, I'll give you a, a small example. Marcus Cromartie was you know, a big you know, taller defensive back who in 2019, the Alouettes expected him to come in and start uh, at defensive back for them, okay? And he was not a starter in the NFL, but he's a guy who still spent four years in the NFL. And he's a cousin. I think he was a cousin of Antonio Cromartie. But anyway, he played one game. He played the first game of the season in Edmonton, 
looked terrible. And this, you're still talking about a guy who was in his, you know, his, he wasn't, I don't want to say mid 20s, but he was still like 26, 27. He if was you're, 28. If you're he wasn't older of, than 28. If you're south of 30 at defensive back, you're, you're good. You're at your prime he's age. Still, yeah, yeah. He's, so he's still very much in his prime, uh, played predominantly on special teams in San Francisco during his career, but, you know, he was thought of, you know, highly in NFL circles. Came here, could not hack it. Played the first game at Edmonton, got beat a bunch of times, and they ended up going to, uh, they went to Greg Reed, who ended up being an all star, a guy who played at Florida State, but didn't get a sniff in the NFL for a variety of reasons. A guy who was older and he still played better. So, I just think that when you have the rules the way they're set up in the Canadian Football League right now, it's a different game. And people don't realize how different it is if they don't pay attention. Yeah, okay, they know the three downs versus four downs, and that's different. But the the width of the field, the length of the field, that throw to the far side is is just it'll get you it'll get you killed. If you make that mistake, and a lot of young uh, American quarterbacks make that mistake, the strategy is different, extra player on the field. That's why, look, I think the elite players in the NFL, you put them anywhere and they're going to excel. But I think there's a lot of the good players in the league that would come to Canada, and I'm not sure that they could hack it. So I'm hoping that there, the, there's going to be plenty of differences if this merger happens. Let it happen. Fine. But I just do not become NFL junior. I don't care what youth Quebec, uh, what their what the rules are in those leagues. Like playing and watching and being entertained is two different things. And I would strongly encourage people, if you haven't given the CFL a chance and you love football, give it a chance. Put that three versus four downs aside because it's not the league is not filled with two and outs. It's just not. There's a lot of points scored. So Look, I'll always be an advocate for the CFL. I grew up with it. You know, we, we've had season tickets in the family for years. My dad brought us to the games every game. We got there early. We left late, interacted with players when I was young. It, it was just, it, it has a, a unique feel to it, and it's uniquely Canadian, and it would be a shame to see it disappear. I really don't want to see that. It's Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri with you. Uh, till 1 o'clock with Matthew O'Han. I do want to shift gears a little bit. want to talk. CF Montreal, Jason DiTullio is back on the sidelines for the organization. How did the club approach him about it? And what does he think the team is capable of of 2021? This is the first time he'll speak to the media since being hired by the club a few weeks ago. He'll join us next on Saturday Sports, TSN 690. Welcome back to Saturday Sports on TSN 690. I'm Joey Alfieri with you till 1 o'clock. Uh, we will be talking a little more Montreal Canadiens, and they've made a couple of changes to their lineup going into tonight's game on TSN 690 against the Ottawa Senators. But before we do, I do want to touch on CF Montreal. They get their season going on April 17th against Toronto FC. And uh, one man who's going to be on the sidelines for that game, he's back on the touchline for this organization, and I think that's where he belongs. He's kind enough to join us on the program. He's Jason DiTullio joining us from Miami. Jason, what's up? How are you? Hey, Joey. How are you? Doing well. Congrats on uh, getting uh, getting back to uh, to the MLS as a coach. Yeah, just wondering uh, how much did your stint as co-host of Impact this week this week help you get back there? Well, it helped my CV for sure. Um, but every time I went into that interview, um, they didn't really talk about it. But I put it in. Uh, Put it in small at the end. So, uh, so thanks to you, John. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. I'm just. I'm impressed that you're going to take a pay cut to go from radio back to soccer. I think that's really. That's really. You should be commended on that. Yeah. Yeah. 
How's it going there? How's it, how's it <laughs> Everything's good. Everything's good. No, congratulations, Jason. We're glad to see you back. Uh, I know you were Thanks. you were supposed to coach the the you you were head coaching the U twenty threes going into this year. There's a lot of uncertainty there. And then once Thierry Henry left, uh, Wilfred Nancy got the bump up to head coach. And I know he spoke very highly of you. You guys have worked together for a long time, and he wanted to bring you on as an assistant. But what does it mean? You know, what does it mean to you that Will picked up the phone and thought that you were, you know, one of the soldiers that he can go to battle with? Yeah, look, to be honest, it was uh, it was an emotional conversation. Uh, I was in Mexico with uh, with the Olympic program. Um, so we had a long conversation. We spoke about the past. We spoke about, uh, about the future, about the situation. Um, and he knows how much I love coaching. He knows how much I, I love the emotions of being around uh, the game. At any level, uh, but something special for sure at the um, at the pro level. Um, and then when he spoke to me about ha- wanting me on board to bring uh, to bring my experience, um, it is a young team. Uh, we have a lot of work to do, so challenge is huge. But uh, looking forward to it, and forever grateful that I get, I get this opportunity again. He's CF Montreal assistant coach Jason DiTullio, kind enough to join us on Saturday Sports on TSN 690. So uh, I, I do want to talk CF Montreal with you, but I, I want to go back to the last couple of weeks. Uh, you were an assistant coach for Canada's U23 team under Mauro Biello. You guys uh, did your best. You tried to qualify for the Olympics. You ended up falling just short. I'm just I'm curious what that experience in, in Mexico was like for you guys, playing a, a tight game against the Mexicans, but uh, ultimately falling short. Uh, how do you feel like you guys did in the grand scheme of things even though you didn't qualify for the olympics oh for sure as a as a competitor it hurts um at the end when you're when you're that close um you feel like you deserve to to be going to the olympics so it was a a roller coaster of emotions uh, a lot of uncertainties with with all the covid uh, protocols uh, every day was a day of uncertainty you didn't know which players were going to be available uh changing lineups at the last second but Look, everyone, everyone had to go through that. Um, but again, forever grateful for for doing what what we do. We know that the world is uh, is going through a lot right now, so we were still playing football or having the possibility to play football. Um, and then it was about you know every day preparing and, and trying to um, trying to make history. Uh, and like you said, we were that close, played a great game, got the tactics right against um, against Mexico, a powerhouse. Uh, and just fell a little bit short in a game where you got to be 100% perfect versus a power yeah. outside that. And, and, but we competed, we learned. Um, personally, on my end, uh, the experience was fantastic and uh, and proud to be part of it. So there was a few Montreal players that you guys carried on the roster and used. There, there's a couple that I want to get your your thoughts on. Uh, the first one is Balu Tabla. I thought he got himself into some dangerous areas at times. Uh, there was a bit of a lack of finish, but what did you think of his tournament overall, and, and where do you think he's headed here going into 2021? Well, he's definitely headed in the, in the good direction. Um he came in, uh, and he knows he's the field. Be the first one to tell you that he's not at his top shape, uh, but willing to put the work. We've had some good conversations over there, uh, having a lot of time by Zoom. But um, but we did have the conversations. Um, you know, first one at dinner, uh, top in the hydration uh, department. So he's putting in the effort, uh, doing that as well over here. But he also knows that it's not only about you know, doing it or, or, or flipping the switch. It has to be a mindset. It has to be a behavior. It has to be part of him. Uh, so he's definitely on the right track, um, but not at where he 
he should be. He's far from it, but he's on the right track for sure. Yeah, and the other one I wanted to ask you about was uh, James Pantemis in goal. He had a phenomenal tournament. Unfortunately, uh, had a crucial error in the the game against Mexico that led to the first goal. He gave the ball away. But uh, just in terms of James, what did you think of the body of work that you saw? And what kind of role do you think? I mean, is he ready to play MLS week in and week out eventually? I know Will Nancy, I asked him this question this week said that you guys are going to go into the season with the way it ended last year and Clement the up as the starter, but is James capable, if necessary, to play at the MLS level? Well, I think he proved that uh, in this tournament. Um, we asked a lot of him if it was, you know, bringing pressure and um, playing, you know, playing out of the back. It's more than playing out of the back. It's being brave and, and really bringing, um, inviting pressure so we can get out and play balls in behind. So, um, in terms of the ball, for sure, you know, goalies are going to make mistakes when that happens. Um, but again, uh, if we were in that situation, it was because we had James Pantana. So right. um, I believe in him. Uh, the club believes in him. That it's going to be about him, you know, fighting and earning a spot. You know, in this business, especially as a goalkeeper, uh, you got to be consistent. So we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens when everybody comes in, but. To answer your question, I think he's definitely an MLS uh, goalkeeper, and that's why he's here uh, and putting in the work every single day. He's CF Montreal assistant coach Jason DiTullio joining us on Saturday Sports with Joey Alfieri on TSN 690. Uh, so back to what you guys are doing right now. I know uh, the majority of the group is uh, still in Montreal. The CF Montreal players and coaching staff are here. I went to training this week uh, at Nutrilay, so it was nice to see the guys. Uh, I know you are you didn't come back to Montreal. You're in Florida right away, and the team is going to meet you there uh, on Tuesday, I believe. Uh, but I know that you have a couple of players with you. Like, What are you guys up to? Uh, there while you're waiting for the rest of the team to arrive. Yeah, so right now we're with the uh, the Canadians, with the under-23 uh, players that were with me, uh, the men's national team. So if we're looking at um, uh, Balu, Georgie, James, Joel Waterman, Kamal Miller, Piet, Zach, uh, Zoran, uh, Kiza just came in. So... Um, Myself and uh, Jules, the the physical preparator, are just working on getting them uh, getting them as fit as possible. But trying to get everybody on the same page. So it's been uh, it's been a challenge for Jules to um, in terms of logistics. But it's just basically when the team comes in on Tuesday, we'll meet them in Orlando. Right now we're in Bradenton. We're not in Miami. Just to uh, right. just to correct you. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. we're in Bradenton right now at IMG uh, IMG Academy, and we're. Um, we're working with these players. Everybody's on a different fitness level, but the plan is to get everybody ready on Tuesday so that when we come in, we, you know, season is not uh, in in less than what fifteen, fourteen days. Um, so just trying to get everybody ready for Tuesday so that uh, us and the coaching staff can um, can start working on the tactics and and get everybody healthy for the beginning of the season. So Jay, Jay, as as a staff though. Look, any year coaching in this league is difficult, but I mean, it just, it seems like you guys have your players scattered, you know, in all four corners of the globe. Uh, you, the, the group hasn't been together. The staff hasn't even fully been together since the start of camp. You guys only have two preseason games. Like how challenging is this going to be for you guys to get ready for TFC on the 17th? For sure, challenging. Uh, but the mindset since day one, we had a good conversation with the guys here. I had a good conversation with Wilfred last uh, last night about uh, about the mindset, about the approach, about getting the excuses out right now, uh, and putting in the work and being laser 
you know, laser sharp and focused on, on what we could control. Uh, so the boys have been fantastic. Uh, there's good leadership here, uh, a good mix of leadership and, and some younger players. So right now, you know, the mindset is about uh, getting as fit as possible. Uh, and then when the boys come in on Tuesday, really uh, nailing the, the tactics and how we want to approach the first couple of games. So uh, no excuses. It's about feeling good. It's about uh, building that team, um, that team spirit for at least the seven, eight guys that are here together. I know in Montreal they're doing the same thing. Uh, and really, really looking forward for, uh, for the team to, um, to come together and see what it looks like because I'm sure Wilfred as well in Montreal has a lot of young players, has a lot of our, our talented under-23s training with them. So just trying to put that all together, um, but definitely challenging for sure. It might be tough to answer this one, Jay, and I'll leave you with this, but just if everything goes well and everything goes the way that you want it to go, um, when fans watch CF Montreal, what's this team like what is this team going to look like like what style what what do you guys want to accomplish on the field how do you collect wins well i think the first thing a long question but uh yeah so look i think uh after the conversations we had uh if it was staff or or players it's about putting a brand on on the field that has a lot a lot of energy you know, we speak a lot about uh, being a young team, um, a team that maybe lacks a little bit of experience, uh, but the leg, the heart, uh, the grit, uh, that's something that we, the majority, if not every single player that's on our squad right now has or will, will have to have. So expect um, a team that's hard to play against. We want teams to say, hey, we're playing Montreal. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be scrappy um, and build off that. I think that if we can have that mindset, uh, and we know how long the MLS season uh, is, if we start with that and we have that foundation, well, then uh, then it's about that growth mindset and, and being better later on in the season and really being competitive. Uh, but I think our Montreal fans will be uh, will be proud of the energy and the intensity and the and the individual skill because we do have some skill as well. So. I think that's that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, I just want you to know, Jason, I uh, told Will this when I saw him a couple of weeks ago, that uh, if ever you guys need somebody to play three quality minutes in the midfield, I'm your guy. So if you need to send me down to Florida to get three minutes, you know, if you want to lock down a game at the end, three minutes I can give you after that, I'm a liability. But if you need somebody to play three quality minutes, I'm there. I'll let him know. (laughs) <laughs> no, I already did let him know. I want. <laughs> he no, no, kind of had the I'll same. Yeah. What I meant is, I'll let him know. Forget about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because yeah. he kind of gave me the sideways look and said that he was going to jot it down in his notes, but then I never saw him jot it down. So uh, just just in case he forgot, <laughs> I just want to remind you that uh, Rocco Placentino out at uh, Ville Saint Laurent Soccer, they're planning on building the statue there because I played three quality years there uh, as a center back in a house league back in the late nineties. Uh, so just you know, if you need uh, if you need my CV or whatever, just uh, you can ask uh, your former teammate Rocco Placentino. We'll keep it in mind. Okay, good. Thanks, Jay. Congrats on getting the job again, and uh, looking forward to you guys starting the season on the seventeenth. Thank you. Be safe there in Montreal, and looking forward to coming back in a couple of months. That's uh, Jason DiTulio, the former co-host of uh, Impact this week a couple seasons ago. Uh, him and I did the show for uh, for a solid year. And uh, yeah, you can tell just being around Jason that uh, 
he's a very, very sharp soccer mind. Uh, the soccer IQ is through the roof. And I think with this coaching staff adding Jason, I think CF Montreal is in uh, very good hands. There are some challenges there, uh, but hopefully they can iron those out and hopefully they play uh, an entertaining brand of football like uh, the way Jason described it. Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Uh, the Canadians have wrapped up their morning skate. They play Ottawa on TSN 690 tonight with pregame coverage beginning at 5 o'clock. We'll discuss the changes, the big changes they've made to their lineup and where does Eric Stahl fit in when he's available on Monday? We'll break that down for you on Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Welcome back. It's Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri uh, with you for, for a few more minutes here. I do want to take a look at our uh, question of the day, our poll question. Uh, thank you to uh, Brandon Dubinsky, by the way, for uh, giving us the content today. Uh, he had a quote on a podcast this week. He said, everybody wants to talk about Sid and Ovi or whatever. I'll take Ovi every day of the week. Uh, there were a few expletives that I uh, edited out of that response, uh, but the question is straightforward, and you can find it on Twitter at Joey Alfieri. You can vote on it for a couple more hours. Uh, but if you could have one of those two players on your favorite team for their entire career, you get it all. Who would it be, Alex Ovechkin or Sidney Crosby? Uh, Crosby is leading the way at 77.9%. I do think there's a little bit of a Canadian bias there, uh, but I think Jason Paul is the one who mentioned it, our analytics guy in the first hour who said, centerman over winger all the time and honestly these guys are so uh in my mind they're 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 both elite they're both you know some of the all-time greats they're probably both in my top 10 all time uh, but i think really the the one thing it comes down to is that ovechkin's the sniper crosby we know more of a playmaker but it's still scored you know goal he's over 400 goals for his career but I don't know. For me, it's always center over wing. And you have to understand Brandon Dubinsky's comments. I mean, if you've forgotten, Brandon Dubinsky and Sidney Crosby, not fans of each other. They feuded on the ice. So uh, that's why that I'm imagining that he's not the biggest Sidney Crosby fan. He did complain that Crosby whines a lot. And uh, yes, uh, if you got, you know, sticks to the gut and sticks to the groin and sticks to the back of the head like Crosby did, uh, I think we'd all whine too. But uh, yeah, a little surprised that it's this one-sided. Uh, but it's funny because we haven't gotten any reaction at 11690 or uh, or on the text message board uh, on the text message board or on Twitter, you know, defending Crosby. Everybody seems to everyone who's weighing in and going a little deeper seems to be defending Ovechkin. So I find that pretty interesting as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, interesting results on the poll. If you did miss it, uh, the Canadians had a morning skate. Uh, the lineup changes. Uh, Corey Perry is going to be playing with Nick Suzuki and Josh Anderson, and it looks like Tyler Toffoli is going to be back. He was on the line with Kotkaniemi and Drouin. Uh, so the Canadians are getting healthier. Still no Ben Chirot, uh, but it looks like they're getting healthier. And Eric Stahl will skate tomorrow, even though the team is off, uh, and he could be available for Monday's game. So it'll be interesting to see where they put him. I wonder if they start him on the fourth line, and then eventually him and Perry can maybe rotate uh, on the wing next to Suzuki and Anderson. That could be interesting, but... They've got depth. They're getting healthy. And uh, the Canadians back in action tonight playing the Ottawa Senators at the Bell Centre on TSN 690 with pregame coverage beginning at 5. I uh, just want to say thank you to uh, all our guests today. Uh, we mentioned Jason Paul joined us to talk Habs in the first hour. Herb Zerkowski, Hall of Fame reporter from the Gazette, talked football with us. And Jason DiTulio, the new assistant coach for CF Montreal, also joined us just moments ago. If you missed anything on the show, uh, you can uh, go to wherever you download your podcast, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, wherever. Just uh, search for Saturday Sports on TSN 690. 
the episodes uh, will be uploaded momentarily as soon as the show is over. Matthew O'Han, thank you very much. Yeah, you, uh, I was going to say, uh, all yeah, your you're contributions. Welcome. And uh, you're still not as good as Jimmy G, uh, but uh, you're making up ground in a hurry. Yeah, so, yeah uh, no, one, no one will G ever as well. be as good as him. Absolutely not. He is a legend and a first ballot Hall of Famer whenever he decides to uh, hang up the headphones. Have a great rest of your Saturday, everybody. Enjoy the uh, there's uh, NCAA uh, Final Four. Uh, there's hockey. There's uh, plenty to get to. Tennis, Bianca Andrescu, that gets going momentarily in Miami. She's in the final. Uh, so enjoy that. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a great night.